Shalom Ubracha, and welcome to TanakhStudy.com. My name is Ralph Tawil, and I have the zechut of learning with you Mizmor Nun Aleph of Sefer Tehilim, Tehilim chapter 51. This Mizmor is of crucial importance to Judaism. It expounds on one of the basic tenets of Judaism, the idea of Teshuvah, of repentance, the idea that our actions, that are even when they're done wrong, wrongly, and they're done with intention to sin and to violate God's commandments, there is always a possibility of return. David HaMelech, in his dealings with Bathsheba and Uriah Chiti, committed what on the surface appears to be a great sin. David HaMelech himself says, when rebuked by Natan Navi in chapter 12 of, of uh, Shemuel Bet, he says, Chatati Ladonai. I sin to God. Despite the rabbinic attempts to explain the sin and to absolve David of all uh, transgression, the feeling of David Amelech himself is one of sin and a desire for penitence. It's interesting that in the Shmuel Bet, there's a little break after the words Chatati Lashem in the middle of the sentence. Possibly, this Mizmor was said in that break possibly. Of course, the Mizmor is applicable to all times and to all people, and it stands as a beacon and as a guide for those who want to repent and make Teshuvah. So let's get into the Mizmor. Mizmor This does not have any other superscription, like Asaf or Korach explained Mizmor David, but it has a historical superscription, which is found in many Mizmorim. Bevoi elav Natan Hanavi, when Natan Hanavi came to him, kasher ba el Batshava, when he came unto Batsheva. So you have the the bevo and ba in this sentence that are definitely playing on one another, where Natan Hanavi coming to David was a direct result of David's coming upon Batsheva and having relations with her. Batsheva at the time was married to Uriah Chiti. That historical background sets up the frame of mind for this Mizmor. Again, David, the prime example of the, of the penitent sinner, the sinner who, after being rebuked, realizes his sin and says, I sinned. So it can be applied to anyone, and it gives the frame of mind in which this Mizmor can be read. From here on in, there are no direct references to Bathsheba or Uriah or any, any of the details of the narrative. The Mizmor is written in a general way to apply to every person. This first section describes the, the desire, the prayer, for Hashem to have, to have pity on him and to have compassion on him. The exact word is honeni. It comes from the idea of honen, hanan. It comes from the word chinam. Give me something that I don't deserve. I don't deserve to be, to be forgiven. Kechastecha, in your loving kindness and compassion, God, give me forgiveness. In your, in your abundant mercy, 
desire to have his peshain, his iniquities erased. But erase, erasing is not enough because sometimes when you erase something, they're still left there. So he asks for more in the next pasuk. No, erasing is not enough. Launder me, launder me from my sin. So you have pesha, which is a high level of sin. But if that's erased, then there could be still avon, which is uh, pesha might be a sin that's done with with attention before intention beforehand. Avon is done with intention, but at the moment. So he goes into to further. Launder me from even from my avon, umachatati tahareni, and even from my mistake, purify me. So this is interesting. In these two pesukim, we have two progressions. The progression from pesha to chet to avon, uh, from pesha to avon to chet, which is lessening in degree, and the progression from mechet to erase, to launder and to purify. Purify is the ultimate situation, the ultimate situation of being completely pure. So we have erase, we have launder, and we have purify. And he wants his spiteful sin to be erased, his willful transgression to be laundered, and even his mistake to be purified. You see the penitent is coming and asking for God's compassion about everything. Because I know my sins, I know my willful, spiteful, intentional dust things, and I also, my even my mistakes are in front of me always. I sinned to you who are the one and only. I did what was wrong in your eyes, God. So, you are just in your sentence and right in your judgment. Here we have the penitent realizing the grave nature of his sin. He sinned to God. Now, of course he sinned to man as well. But every sin to man is also a sin to God. And one should not try to justify oneself by saying, oh, he deserved it. No. Every sin against man is ultimately a sin against God. And he is realizing, the penitent person realizes this. And he sinned to God, who who is always right in his judgment and sentence. The next verses, the next verses is an interesting one. Hen be'avon cholalti uvchet yechematni imi. Indeed, I was born with iniquity. With sin, my mother conceived me. This is an important verse. And on the face of it, it seems to be saying that being born is a sin and being conceived is uh, iniquity. So here, 
one might mistakenly think that you have a concept of being born or having relations, sexual relations, is sinful. That's not what the psalmist is saying here. It might be taken in some other religions as being the idea of all sexual relations are sinful. That is not Judaism's approach. So it's important that be aware, we are aware over here of the wrong interpretation that has been given and of the right interpretation. The best interpretation of this pasu I've seen by uh, a fellow named Meir Weiss who explains as follows. This is not talking about all people and it's not talking about all relations and every conception ever. We're talking about the penitent person who is so disgusted with himself in the sin that he did that he's saying his sin his sins go back to his very existence when he first was born or even before that when he was first conceived this person is so aware of his transgression and his mistake he cannot even remember any time in his existence that he was not sinful and therefore what we see over here just the tremendous power uh, and hold on this person that the sin has on him and he wants it to be finished but he knows he cannot even conceive of himself of having one second in his existence that he wasn't sinful that's how much the sin has gotten hold of him and he wants to get rid of it be, have it laundered and purified him emit hafatta batuchot Indeed, you desire truth, that which is hidden. Teach me wisdom about secret things. The, the, the penitent person knows that God needs to hear truth, transparency, directness, even from the inner innermost part of the person, that which is hidden. And, he, and the penitent person asks for God to teach him wisdom, in his deepest parts. So that's the first step, realizing that the only way is truth and not cover-up. And secondly, knowing that wisdom comes only from God and requesting that wisdom in the innermost part, the deepest wisdom imaginable. Techateeni be'ezov ve'etar techabbeseni u'misheleg albin Here, the psalmist is using images from ritual purity laws and from nature. Tachateeni be'ezov, ne'etar, is reminiscent of the use of the ezov, the hyssop plant, during several processes of purification, that of the leper, mitzorah, and that of the tmemet, the one who has been in contact with a dead person. In both of these situations, the ezov is used to sprinkle to remove to remove sin is to remove sin launder me so that I'll be whiter than snow whiter than snow is also a phrase a concept that's used in Nevi'im uh, like Yeshaya but he goes further not just to come out of sin let me hear joy and happiness. Let my bones, which you have 
oppressed and depressed revel and be happy. Haster panecha mechatai. Hide your face from my sins. Bekol avonotai meche. And all my transgressions erase. Here live the whole Berali Elohim. Ruach nechon chadesh bekirbi. Create for me a new heart, God, and put within me a correct spirit. Renew within me a correct spirit. Here we have again the progression. Hide your face from my sin. So that's the sin exists, but God is hiding his face. And then further, erase my transgression. More than that, give me, create for me a new heart. This harkens to what Yechezkel says about creating a new heart for, for Israel. And give me a new spirit, renew within me, a new spirit within me. Don't cast me away from in front of you. And your Holy Spirit, don't take from me. This idea of the Spirit of God within the person reminds one of, of a Navi who has Ruach Kodesh, and he feels that, and he feels when it's lacking. And sin can be something which takes away that Holy Spirit from within the person. Bring back to me the joy of your salvation, of being saved. And support me, sustain me with a vigorous spirit. Possibly this person, be it David or someone else, was experiencing difficulties. We mentioned about Atzamot Dikita. We mentioned the, the bones being crushed. We mentioned before his, his um, looking for salvation. He very possibly is suffering. And we might get a hint towards the end of the Mizmor who is, what's going on over here and how is he suffering. The advantage for God in doing this is the next, in the next Pasuk. Alameda poshi'im derachecha. I will teach I will teach I will teach sinners your ways and people who make mistakes transgressors will return to you so the advantage of this is that the sinner the sinners in the future will know that there's a way back there's repentance and that's such an important idea that David Abelech whoever is writing this is what is saying my job at the end after you forgive me, after my repentance and my desire to be fully absolved of sin, my the goal will be that I will teach about this, that repentance exists. Some say that the whole reason that David Melech was brought to this this sin was in order to teach the idea of repentance. Hatsileni midamim Elohim Elohai Teshuati Save me from death, save me from blood, possibly a reference to the blood avenger who might come, might come after the, the sin of blood guilt. Um, Elohim, Almighty, my God, Elohei Teshuati, the God of my salvation. And my tongue will sing of your righteousness.
אדוני שפתי תפתח ופי יגיד תהילתך. It's a call to Hashem to open his mouth, that, his lips, so that his mouth can speak about God's praises. This verse is such an important verse because it's the, the turning of the penitent to God, asking him to help him praise God. Open my lips so that I can speak of your praises. This verse has been placed at the beginning of the prayer, the standing prayer of the Amidah on a, on a three times daily basis. As we approach God in prayer, the first thing we ask is for God to help us pray, to open our lips so that we can even stand in front of God. It's the recognition of every person that comes to stand in front of God in prayer, beginning with Adonai Sefatai Tiftach Ufiyagiti Latecha, that without his help, we can't even speak or pray. What is the sacrifice to God? Oh, because God doesn't want uh, a sacrifice that I should give. And um, a, a burnt offering is not what God is seeking. What God wants, what's a sacrifice to God, is the broken spirit and the, down, the depressed and broken heart. God will never turn back. This, these tzukim are not denying the benefit of sacrifice. In fact, the, that he uses, the fact that he uses the broken spirit of the penitent person who has sinned as an example of sacrifice means that sacrifice is generally good. God does not want the empty sacrifice of the sinner who thinks that just by sacrificing that would be sufficient. No, that's not what does, does not want the sinner to give. He really wants, more importantly, the broken heart, the broken spirit, the one who comes crawling back to God, realizing his sin, aware of his transgression, aware to whom he sinned, and the great nature of his sin. And then, and then God will never turn that back. Do good in your desire to do good to Zion, to Yerushalayim. Build again the walls of Jerusalem. Then you will want righteous sacrifice, the burnt offering and the holy burnt offering. Then you will have bulls brought on your altar. The psalmist is obviously in a situation where Yerushalayim is in a sorry state. The walls are destroyed and there's no more sacrifice. But he looks forward to a time where righteous sacrifice will be given and there will once again be bulls offered on the altar of the rebuilt temple. So, obviously, the psalmist is looking favorably upon sacrifice that's done the right way. This stands as a guiding light to all those who have sinned to know that there's a way back to Hashem. But that way back is not on empty actions, but on oh, the broken heart that desires God's compassion again. May we be zuchet
to be in that situation and that Hashem should open our mouths in prayer and praise of God.